Oof. All right. Uh, we're still playing football on Sunday. Kevin Bowen back. Uh, another edition of Kevin's Corner. Felt like it was necessary for a little emergency pod here on a Friday morning. Won't be very long. I'm recording this right around noontime on Friday. I guess it's Friday afternoon. Who the hell knows? Um, you know, Frank Reich will talk after practice on Friday, so maybe a little bit more info then, but still just kind of wanted to give you an update on where the Colts stand as they continue their preparations for Sunday's game with the Bengals. Uh, four positive tests this morning have been deemed uh, negative, false positives, if you will. Uh, they've been retested and good to go. It sounds like for Sunday at 1 o'clock against the Bengals, uh, the Colts have consulted with um, Dr. Alan Sills, who's kind of the chief medical officer for the NFL, and they're actually reopening their facility later this afternoon. Like I said, we'll have practice and the virtual morning will now turn into a uh, more of a real Friday. And really, Friday is the shortest workday of the week in the NFL. The Colts practice usually from like 12.15 to 1.30 on a Friday. It's a much shorter practice. Uh, for the most part, coaches go home at like 3 or 4 o'clock. And, you know, it's kind of the common, not really joke, uh, around the NFL that Friday is kind of date night around the NFL for, for, for coaches. That's the most time they get to spend with their families really all week. And so, again, Friday is probably one of the shorter days. But preparation continues, again, for 1 o'clock Sunday, uh, Colts and Bengals. Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, currently having his presser. He mentioned that, um, that Cincinnati players were told around 7.30 a.m. that they were playing this weekend, which was about really only about 45 minutes after the Colts first reported the news of the four positive tests. So, you know, it sounds like the Colts were informing the Bengals pretty early that uh, we feel like this is kind of a false positive thing and, um, you know, everything should be good to go. And then that was confirmed, uh, 90 minutes later. So I guess that would have been around 9am, um, for the uh, Bengals side of things. So again, this won't be a lot long pod by any means. I just wanted to kind of run through a couple quick things of where we're at right now, COVID wise with the Colts. And it's certainly something I don't love talking about, but it's a reality. Um, I, I guess my first thought um, when I, you know, was informed of this news, you know, on my way into uh, into do our morning show from seven to ten a.m. on Friday morning, when I saw several tests, multiple tests, I think was maybe the word, or maybe it was several tests was the wording the Colts used. I, I almost felt like that was a decent thing because I'm like, oh, does that mean false positives? You know, I feel like we're starting to see that a little bit more here, you know, not only country wise, country wise, but certainly kind of like NFL sport team wise of, uh, you know, when you have one isolated one early on and then you have two more the next day and then, you know, whatever, one on Friday, something like that. That's, I think, where what you've seen from Tennessee. Um, but when I saw multiple, I almost kind of thought, oh, wow, this might be a false positive thing. And these are tests from Thursday morning for those curious. Basically, get tested each morning players do, probably 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning uh, on days that they report to work. And then for the most part, it's about a 24, maybe like a 20 hour return on those tests. Um, and, you know, certainly when I'm thinking more about it this morning, I'm like, well, you know, cases are rising in Indiana. You know, I know Marion County has been pretty level, but you got a, a lot of guys that live in suburbs. And, uh, you know, while I do think the Colts have done a great job, certainly now three months, they, they've gone pretty much without a positive test. You know, I certainly see guys that aren't extremely stringent and following every protocol. And I mean, hell, it's just it's just luck that can run into this as well. I mean, Philip Rivers is not homeschooling his kids. He's got nine of them. You know, it, that can be a very fluke scenario. So 
I was kind of torn a little bit on, yes, I guess I wouldn't be stunned by it, but again, the multiple tests to me indicated, okay, is this a false positive thing? Which I, I know that, you know, there's a Colt staffer back in August that tested positive, deemed to be a, a, a false positive. Uh, but still, you know, you're, you're wondering, okay, back-to-back road trips, you know, Odo Beckham has this illness, you know, you're just trying to sift through some clues of, okay, is this a little bit more than, um, than just a false positive? Basically right now, um, for those that don't know, us as media, we get tested Monday through Thursday. And, um, you know, it used to be in a trailer. They've now moved it indoor to their team complex, I think because of weather. You know, players drive up, they get tested, and uh, then pretty much from a social distancing protocol standpoint within their building, uh, the locker room hasn't changed too much for players. They do have kind of plexiglass inserts in between each locker, but I wouldn't say that the locker room is certainly not six feet in between each locker. It's just having these large plexiglass inserts that are divided up between each locker, um, kind of run direction hallways. You know, um, they deem their contact tracing or I guess close contact as if you are within six feet, less than six feet of an individual for more than 10 minutes at a single time, that's what they deem as kind of close contact. And they wear these Kinexon proximity tracers that, you know, green and red lights um, that, that maybe it's a blue light now that I think about it, but basically they indicate okay, if a guy has been within someone for, you know, more than 10 minutes, less than six feet apart, that is deemed, you know, to be close contact. And, and then you would have a different situation if, let's say, a cornerback tests positive. Now you got to see, okay, who's been, you know, in close contact with him, you know, over the past couple of days or whatnot. So, you know, masks are permanent inside for players, obviously, and, and staff members. All meals are takeout. This year for the Colts, you know, pretty much you order on an app and you get a time to pick it up and they prepackage it, put it on tables. And their big thing is kind of eliminating those touch points. I know the weight room is sanitized after each player does, or I should say the weights are sanitized after each player does a workout. And then the entire weight room is uh, closed for about 15 minutes after you get a group in there that goes through, you know, lifting and whatnot. So uh, I guess those is kind of a that's kind of a rehash of some of the protocols and 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 you know I still stand by what I was mentioning earlier. I was talking with the the Bengals writer earlier today, and they are like the Colts. They haven't had a single positive test since the start of training camp. You know the Colts had those two players go on the reserve COVID list back on July 27th, I think it was Malik Henry and Jackson Porter. Um, Porter came off the list on August 11th, so about two weeks. He ended up getting cut at final cutdowns early September. Uh, Henry actually came off the list and immediately got cut. I mean, two back end of the roster guys. But, I mean, that's it. So we're recording this October 16th. Colts haven't had a single scare, really, positive-related since July 27th, um, which, you know, just incredible numbers. And I, I think there's more teams that have that. I don't know if we necessarily hear a lot of it. You know, I had, um, you know, a family member try to put the jinx of all jinxes that, you know, he, he's got tickets to the game on Sunday. And they said, you know, earlier in the week, ah, oh, 70% chance that game even happened, you know, if, even kicks off or whatever. And I'm like, oh, boy, I don't believe in curses. They're not real. They're not jinxes. And then I see this news and I'm like, man, should I believe in them? Um, which, thankfully, 
the false positives are the false positives, and we're still going to play football on Sunday. And, and I do think, like, this is – again, this is something that has happened – I don't want to say a lot in the NFL, but there's been a lot of isolated cases. Think about A.J. Terrell, the, the Falcons cornerback. You know, he tests positive and still ends up – their team still ends up playing that that weekend. So Tennessee's outbreak has really been the outlier. Yes, New England's had it, you know, a little bit more – but I can't think of a whole lot of traction that this has gotten really across the league. And and you look at like Major League Baseball, who you know isn't in this bubble and weren't doing the daily testing, and they haven't had a positive test in nearly 50 days. So I, I still think, yes, you worry about flu season ramping up. You worry about teams getting very complacent. When I saw the Falcons news on Thursday about their four tests, um, I was like, oh, boy. You know, is this 0-5 football team? Just they just fire their head coach? Are they getting complacent? Do we see you know some players start to get a little bit lenient? Because I, you know there are definitely Colts players that you know have gone out to eat in groups and 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 you know not necessarily creating own family bubbles. I don't want to act like the Colts are a bunch of choir boys in this, but I still think you know they should be commended for nearly three months of going through this without you know anything positive. So. I'm pumped. I'm excited. I know the schedule change could have been a little bit, you know, wouldn't have been that crazy, it seemed like. But uh, for the most part, this is pretty status quo and just a couple hours at home for the Colts this morning. But they will practice Friday afternoon. And like I said, 107.5, the fan. I'll have an update from Frank Reich a little bit later today on that. And uh, yeah, we'll come back with a podcast on Monday. Recapping Colts and Bengals, baby. Phew. Thankfully. Kevin Bowen signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody.